Good evening, everyone, and welcome to The Bare Truth on Loudmouth Radio Network. We're live on loudmouthradio.com. Good evening, everyone. Happy Tuesday. It's a very beautiful evening in the city of Atlanta, and we are coming to you live via blogtalkradio.com slash loudmouthradio, as well as you're able to call in to us at 347-826-7520. This show, The Bare Truth, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers with Miss Jazzy Jones, airs every Tuesday at 8 p.m. We want to thank everyone for tuning in this evening. We're in for a great show tonight. We're very excited to be able to bring you these live shows each and every week. Be sure to tune in with us as we broadcast Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays. And upcoming in the month of May, we'll be looking to launch three new shows on Loudmouth Radio. So we want to make sure you stay tuned and follow us. You can find us right on Blog Talk Radio by searching Loudmouth Radio, L-O-U-D-D-M-O-U-T-H. For all those that are on the Internet, on the internet listening to us live, this program is also available for download and on demand anytime after 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Loudmouth Radio is one of the Internet's hottest online radio networks. Our talk radio shows cover topics that are geared towards empowerment, inspiration, and entertainment. Connect with us live, online, on demand, 24-7. Be sure to connect with us and share your thoughts on what inspires you. Um, also follow our new blog at loudmouth.com, which is a site that will give you up-to-date information as we're launching into a new season. We're really excited in regards to letting our audience know that tonight, this episode of The Bear Truth with Jazzy Jones is sponsored by Digimo Printing of Stockbridge, Georgia, located at 5365 North Henry Boulevard in Stockbridge. We want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you also have a business and would like to find out how you can advertise and promote your business, be sure to contact us at 706-363-3895. And we're available 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday at our Loudmouth Media offices. Currently, we have some exciting rates available for 15, 30-second spots, and premiere spots for advertising within all of our shows. And this evening, we want to thank each and every one of our guests, as you'll hear them as they're coming in on the actual show of The Bare Truth with Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers. And now, I would like to, without further ado, bring your host, Ms. Jazzy Jones. Hello, 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 everyone. Thank you so much for our wonderful producer, Sunny. is doing an amazing job here at Loud Mouth, that's with two Ds, radio.com. We are so fortunate to have this venue, have this opportunity to bring you the bare truth. Um, each week we try our best to cover love, life, sex, and flowers. And so far from the results of um, all of our listeners, and all of our texts and comments, we are covering those topics pretty good. And I'm not even giving kudos to myself, but I have to give kudos to the guests that I've had on this show. From the beginning of the show with Sue Ryerson and Jamie and Michelle Alexander and even our guests all the way from Spain, uh, Vinny, we have really had some amazing, absolutely amazing people. And each week I'm nervous each week I'm shaking, and then each week I have guests that come on that make me go, wow, I love what I do. So every week I'm all running to the bathroom prior to 
coming on the show. I'm getting my tea and my coffee and all of this stuff. I burn my vanilla candles and and just go in. But I really appreciate you. I want to just say that up front to all of the people listening, both near and far. We had some great callers last week that called in from Canada and, um, you know, gave us some information and share it with us, their stories. Again, we thank you, thank you, thank you, all of our Twitter fans. Um, already, I love the fact that we already have fans and, and people that support us. That's pretty neat. So I am just grateful. I'm grateful that I'm able to say what I feel is important and have other people share what is important to them. So on that note, tonight's show, wow, controversy to some, informative to others, inspiring, empowering, and to some it might even be a little bit entertaining. I'm hoping that you will call in tonight. I'm hoping that you will add to our show because all of us have a gift. All of us have something that we've been giving, been given that we can add and we can input into somebody else's life. And so tonight, it is my hope that you, the listeners, will call in at 347-826-7520. I'm saying that very slow. I'm being I'm being prompt by my producer that, like, I forgot the number, but I didn't. I didn't forget it. I just wanted to say it slow because sometimes we say it so fast that people are saying, what is the number again? So I'll say it slow again. It's 347-826-7520. And so we're hoping that you will call in. You can call in and just listen. You're going to press 2. But if you press 1, you're actually going to be live on the show and will be queued in to input or ask a question. So tonight's show, the controversy and the, uh, the interesting and definitely a passionate topic for me is called denial in the church. They have eyes, but they do not see. And I'll go even further. They have ears, but they do not hear. And that topic came so many years ago, but definitely resurfaced with um, a lot of our guests that are going to be on tonight. We begin to share things that those of us that go to church, traditional church, um, same gender-loving churches, Orthodox, Methodist, Episcopalian, whatever your quote-unquote denomination, non-denominational church, whatever it is, there are so many things in the church, and the church basically is the group of people that gather together on Sunday through Saturday, whatever day it is that you go. So many people are gathering together that have so many hidden secrets, so many things that they are dealing with on a daily basis that they are usually dealing with them alone. They feel like, as Michelle Alexander was on our show, and she stated that we are oftentimes an isolated island in our pain, in our struggles, in our, oh, my God, I just, I don't know what to do. And in order for us to be whole and heal, we have to gather ourselves around those, not only those that support us, but those that can help us through that. So tonight's show is about so many topics 
Matter of fact, one of our guests that's going to come on the show suggested, and I totally agree with him, is that we do this show in part. So there will be a time, if we don't cover as much ground as I know we will not be able to, we will come back and do a second show to this. So just look out for it because it was so many people that wanted to be a part of this that were not able to be a part because of scheduling and different things that life demands. So we want to have them, and we want to have others that wanted to call in that just wanted to have questions asked. We want you to be able to get those questions in. We also will be able to have those questions. If you're on Facebook, you can Facebook us. You can Twitter us. Um, and at part of the show, we'll have the announcer come back on, and she'll be able to tell you where to go to find all of our sites and our email addresses. But we're going to have a second part of the show because this is getting ready to be a broad show. Again, this is a show, The Bare Truth is a show we're not afraid at all, period, to tackle topics that a lot of people want to tiptoe around. A lot of people want to say, oh, no, it's not that important, or it does not happen, or you don't need to speak about it. And the one thing I've learned over the course of my life and my many experiences is the more I stayed silent, the more I had, I felt at the time, no voice, was the most time that I, one, didn't love myself, I didn't trust myself or my thoughts, and so I oftentimes made really horrible decisions based upon what somebody else thought I should, could, or would do. So this show definitely in the change in the direction of my life and loving me now has allowed me to be able to have a voice of my own, but it, this show allows me to give voices to those who are either like-minded or have something to say because they need a little help. So you hear my dogs in the background. I, I kind of say this each week that they want to join me in the studio, and they're sweet and loving, and we work so hard, so Sometimes I'm not always able to be with them as much as I can, so I always have them in the show. So if you hear them in the background, it's it's kind of okay. We want to join all spirits and energies into this topic tonight. So nevertheless, they're so cute. At, at some point, you'll be able to see us on Loud Mouth TV, and uh, you can see the babies and stuff. But anyway, maybe we'll post a picture of them later. Nevertheless, guys, remember the phone number again is 347 826 Seven five two zero, and you can always reach us at loudmouth, and that's with two d's. dot com, or loudmouth two d's radio dot com, and we're all over the place. We've actually grown in leaps and bounds when it comes down to new listeners, old supporters. Um, we've picked up some great sponsorships. So once again, I just kind of give a quick plug because our guests are about to come on the show. Um, give a, a quick plug to one of our new sponsors who actually designed our um, business cards. He and his staff, um, he and his staff are so amazing, and they gave us the best cards. They gave us the best um, marketing. And so when you see tonight. I think it's going to be posted, some of our business cards and some of our layouts. Oh, my God. I just want you to know that mine, the bare truth, is the absolute cutest. Although, you know, the other shows, we have shows (laughs) 
We have shows on Monday. We have shows on um, Tuesday, which is my night. We have shows on Thursday. And we're adding the shows on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Producer is just on top of things. But Digimo Printing is actually who did a phenomenal job, and you'll see those flyers and pictures of us in just a few. But we definitely always want to give kudos. Roberto and his team are doing a marvelous job. So if you need any of the the advertisement, if you need any of your things printed out, graphic designs, business cards, I mean, he just does the most. And you can always um, get flyers for him. I know some of you guys go to different places, but you can purchase a 1,000 flyers. Design fee is extra. $80 and receive 10 11 by 17 free posters. Understand that's free posters with the purchase of 1,000 flyers. And you can also purchase 250 business cards for $25. And if you need the designing, he's able to do that. You will see my layout absolutely beautiful. You'll see the Universal Mind with Roderick Watkins that comes on on Mondays. Beautiful. I'm almost jealous of his, but mine is so sexy. And then you'll see um, J.L. King's Night with Night Talk Live. And then soon, I believe next month starting, we'll have in the studio with our actual producer, which is Sunny. And um, that show is just amazing. So it's several things happening here we're really proud of. We're really excited of all of the changes and the different things that are going on. But Digimo Printing really does a fantastic job, just a really, really good job. You can always call and say loud mouth radio sent you, and then you'll be able to, you know, maybe get a little better deals, and these are the deals that we just told you. And the number is 770-506-2996. So now that we have our beautiful sponsorships in there, you know, we always have to pay the bills because we're not – um, it's, it's a free blog talk, but blog talk always has to be taken care of for us to stay on on the air. And there's some great things that we're going to be doing for the community. We're doing a lot of outreaches and a lot of, I know we're doing the autism walk. We had autism show last week. So we're going to be doing the autism walk with, um, uh, what's her name? Oh, I'm so terribly, Cheryl, Cheryl who called in last week. And Pat Chen and Tiffany Brantley and different ones that are, families with autism. So Loudmouth Radio and all of the media will be doing that, and I know we're doing some other things, but we'll keep you posted on that. But nevertheless, I wanted to thank our sponsor again, and I also want to thank you for listening and taking time out of your busy evening and getting ready for our new segment that's coming in. So as I stated, we're going to have some great guests, and I'm going to find out if our guest, our first guest, is online and his name is uh, Dr. Kajarel Smith, who I met just per chance. And I won't say coincidence because I don't believe in coincidence. He is absolutely phenomenal. And we began to just kind of talk in general. And once we started talking in general, we found that we had common interests, and this was one of the common interests and one of the passions. So I want to find out in just a few if he's on with us, and we're going to add him on to the show and begin to go right into what the topic is about, which is denial. Once again, in the church, they have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, 
but they cannot hear. And we're going to open up a discussion, a panel that will discuss exactly some of the things that the church denies and some of the things that, you know, are so important for us to to be able to address. So, Dr. Smith, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hello, Dr. Smith, are you here? Good evening, Jesse. How Hello. Are you? Hello. Dr. Smith, are you on with us? Yes, I am. Hello? Okay, well, I'm not hearing him, so maybe we're having some technical difficulties on my end. So let's try to get him on so we can actually, so I can actually hear him. Maybe I need to, to change technical phones. Hang on one second. Dr. Smith, are you here? Yes, I am. Hi, so we're connected, we're connected, that's great, so maybe I need to log out. It's so funny, each week I'm always saying that uh, if we have technical Dr. Smith, are you here? Is he back? No? Okay. Nevertheless, we also have a couple of other guests that are going to be joining us, and they're going to be calling in, so hopefully we can work out our bugs. I tell you, it's just amazing how uh, we start small, despise not small beginnings, the parable says. Please enjoy this Verizon Ring. And we're not going to despise all of our technicalities. We're growing in leaps and bounds, and so soon we'll be able to have a super big mic studio. We have a small studio now with small equipment, so... Every now and then, um, we have we have moments. Again, Dr. Smith, are you here? Yes, I am, Jesse. He is. Okay, I'm going to change over because again, I can't hear. Hold on a second. Okay, are we back together? Hopefully, we are. I know, right? This is crazy, but it's okay. So, Dr. Smith, go ahead and introduce yourself because I love you know when people tell about who they are, they always do a better job at of telling about who they are and what they do. So give us a little bit of your background. And we're going to post all of this. So if there's any websites, any um, emails, or anything that you would like to share, please feel free to do that so that people can contact you directly as well. Certainly. Well, I'm uh, Dr. Kajero Smith. I'm a clinical psychologist. I reside in the uh, metro Atlanta area. Uh, I am also presently sitting on a board for compliance and ethics compliance for the federal government. Mm. I'm a director of a counseling center based here within ministry uh, in the Atlanta area, areas, excuse me, uh, the Vision Church of Atlanta. Wow. Those accolades are amazing. I love it. <laughs> So I have a smart doctor, not only a smart doctor, but definitely a doctor who's compassionate about what he does, and I'm excited to know that you're joining us this evening. Thank you for asking. So now, Dr. Smith, as I was explaining to everyone, um, we kind of met, and when we met, we just kind of began to talk freely about church and counseling and how there's a disconnect and how a lot of people are in pain, of course. And when they're coming to church, of course, they're coming for their spirituality, but they're getting that high 
in my opinion, and the feel-goods of the moment, and then they're walking right back out with those same issues and those same pains. What are your thoughts? Well, in my personal experience and as well uh, professional uh, experience is that a church, uh, as we noted to be ministry, it is a conglomeration of people coming together, not just a people, but a hurting people. People come to church to seek direction, to seek healing from the issues, to seek a relief of the stresses, not knowing which direction to go in life, not knowing which direction to take as far as depressions or uh, just hard time everyday life. As noted, it's been stated time and time again, the church is noted as the hospital for the hurting. Unfortunately, right, right. You know, uh, uh, most unfortunate, in my opinion, is that people come to church hurting, and they leave there with the same hurt, if not a further hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I totally agree. I know um, just from going to church myself and, you know, having people come up to me in ministry and ask all of these questions and and say all of these things that, you know, if I was just unaware of some of that pain and how people really do come to church. I mean, it's it's a broken, it's broken people coming to a building looking for direction, as you stated, but they're going back so almost oppressed and almost beat up with some of the things that are said to them when they're coming to coming to leadership and coming to different people and lay people and, 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 and ministers and deacons and all of the other titles. They're coming to most churches saying, you know, I've been sexually abused. I'm depressed. Um, I was diagnosed with a mental illness. You know, um, I'm confused about my sexuality. I don't know what to do with this, and I don't know what to do with that. And the main topic, the main thing that, you know, you and I talked about is the famous line of, well, we just going to pray about it. And I am not knocking prayer. God knows it is the center of my life. But if I am suffering with some type of mental illness, or if I am suffering with a physical illness, there are steps that need to be addressed and things that need to be done that the topic of this show comes in in a denial form because people in leadership, I say, are denying people the things that are going on in their life, so they're not adequately all the time addressing those issues. And this is why I wanted to have you and and our other guests to come on and discuss some of those things that you're finding um, and just your opinions and your thoughts about it. Well, um, as I see it and have seen it down through the years, in ministry more in particular, when people come to church Mm -hmm. and they come with the expectancy of, approaching or being approached by individuals in ministry leadership mm-hmm. that have integrity, that, that, that represent a stance of morals, it is most unfortunate that leadership mm-hmm. in most instances 
take advantage of the hurting that are coming to them. Mm, they're causing a, they're ca- they are causing a greater hurt by ignoring the issues. Right. And it could be that they're ignoring because they absolutely have no knowledge as to how to help the individual. So therefore, with them just being blank in a response or communication with the individual, it causes that individual that really sought help by coming to the church, especially in, uh, and I know we have a vast audience here, uh, 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 an ethnic audience here, but especially within the black church, they will find themselves in a very depressed situation. They find themselves taken advantage of, unfortunately, uh, ignored, because the leadership themselves have issues that have right. not been addressed. So, you know, uh, the cliche that would say, you know, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm, hmm That's so true. Say it again, because that is the statement that is made, but a lot of people don't grasp it. They really don't. Yes, hurt people really hurt people, because if you're hurting mm-hmm. You really cannot present a, uh, any method of healing or deliverance to anyone if you are struggling and not free and delivered yourself. Wow, wow. And that's, a, you know what, that's an answer. And I know we have another guest that we're going to add to the show in just a few seconds, but I just wanted to make the statement before we bring Dr. Jameson on. You know, a lot of people feel like, well, you know what, I can do this even though I'm hurting. My thought pattern is this, if I'm hurting, I can tell you about my hurt if I address my hurt. We can walk together through my hurt if I'm getting help for my hurt. But if I'm denying that I'm hurt, if I'm walking around with pain and thinking that I'm going to interject all of this loving manner, it's not going to happen. Well, it's impossible to happen, actually. Exactly, exactly. But so many people feel like it is possible, and they wonder why, you know, relationships are being torn apart. And when I say relationships, it's like I, we, we've discussed, you know, at time and at length. Relationships start first with you. Individually, within you, it starts. And if you don't take that relationship and develop it and build it, it is very much impossible to try to maintain healthy relationships with other people. So, I agree completely wholeheartedly. I'm going to bring on, I believe Dr. Jamison is with us. Sharon Jamison, are you with us? Let's see if we can get her online with us and join in the conversation. Sure. If you're on Dr. Jamison, please press 1 and join us. I think she is here. We're figuring out all of our little all of our Hello? little prompts. Hello, is this Miss Jameson? Yes, it's Sharon. How are you this evening? <laughs> Hello, Sharon. How are you, darling? Join us, join I, us with Dr. Smith. Oh, God, what a great conversation that Dr. Smith has already said some powerful, some powerful words. So thanks so much for this uh, opportunity, too, Jazzy. You're so welcome. And if you would, for our audience, please just kind of give a little bit of description about who you are, what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Sharon Jamison. I'm one of the ministers at the Victory for the World Church in Stone Mountain, Georgia. I also okay. own a company called Care Share Inspire. It's the um, the umbrella company where I provide relationship and personal coach training, mm-hmm. and I do that because I think that 
something you said that was so important, Jazzy, about the relationship with self and without the mm-hmm. relationship with ourselves in a relationship, the relationship with our God. How, however we understand God, we have mm-hmm. difficulty having relationships with people. And so That's I do so some work around small, small organizations around and also churches about interpersonal skills. Because I think mm-hmm. so many times we talk about God in church, but we don't talk about how to get along with each other. We're so heavenly bound, oh you know, earthly good. So mm-hmm. we, I really spend some time doing some work around that. And um, I also uh, have a company called Create Love for Women. Uh, I work with an amazing woman named Imani Evans. We, she was the yes. creator, and we co-founded an organization where we provide relationship tips and skills and discussion groups and workshops for women who love women because we don't Wonderful. have a lot of mentors, we don't have a lot of examples of what healthy relationships look like anyway, but of course we need some healthy uh, tips to make sure women who love women, our relationships stay very strong. And um, also I just wrote a book called I Can Depend on Me, and Mm -hmm. my book is around my own personal struggle with depression. Uh, My father was a minister, I grew up in the Church of God in Christ, Um, really struggled with depression all my life. And it was something that was never addressed in the church, and it oh and to address gosh. it, you know, they made me feel like I was uh, loved God less. I was less saved. I was less faithful. Right. I could not uh, deal with my depression. So I talk about my own journey. So I totally see that uh, the church has done a lot around divine and personal piety, but not enough around personal interaction, but I think mm-hmm. it's the church leaders, but I also think it's people. I think people come to church for relief, but they don't come to participate in their own resolution. And wow. That's the difference. Say that one and more time. Say it one more time. <laughs> people come to church for relief, but don't want to participate in their resolution. And we come to get healed, but not to do the healing work. And that's right. the challenge. And I think even seminary teaches us to understand about the Bible, but we don't mm-hmm. really get a lot of training in seminary. We get some around in a personal conflict, conflict management, mm-hmm. how to mm-hmm. deal with different personality types, how to deal with depression, how to identify depression, how to mm-hmm. deal with depression with um, in a way that removes the shame and the stigma. Because if a yeah. person is shamed, yeah. if they feel stigmatized, they would just suffer in silence. And so, exactly. And so um, exactly. that's kind of my my personal perspective on that. I, I think mental illness is so underdiagnosed, uh, mm-hmm. especially in women. Uh, one in three mm-hmm. women were will have depression at some time in their life. And mm-hmm. um, it's something that the church has to talk about. But unfortunately, in black churches, I hate to say it this way, we think that mental illness is what white people do. And you, and you know what? Very it. true. Very true. Dr. Smith, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, know, um, I hear your mind ticking. I hear it. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Well, I totally concur with her, and I would like to even add and take it a little further. In that, in the black churches, unfortunately, yeah, mm-hmm. it has been mm-hmm. that you know, uh, mental illness uh, is more associated with uh, our white counterparts, our white brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. However, sit in any church. And any professional that's within my area or spectrum of, of professionalism can identify off the hand that everyone sitting in there has an issue or of some sort. 
the right. mental the mental issues are not they're not addressed. They want to pray, you know, casting demons yeah. out and and, 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 and mm. rubbing them down with oil. I understand wholeheartedly. I come out of Church of God in Christ also, and I yes. know what it's all about. I've seen it. I've experienced it, you know, uh, within services. However, it absolutely takes more than laying yes. on of hands. Yes. It needs yes, to be addressed. These are issues that, you know, I, I will put forefront. The pastors mm-hmm. and the bishops of these ministries mm-hmm. are self-absorbed and missing the people. Right, right. I completely I so agree. agree with him. I can, oh my! Oh, I, you know, I'm sitting. I had to get up and just start pacing the floor because I'm just like, okay, y'all better preach and <laughs> teach our people. And you know, yeah, and we're all of. You know, chocolate descent. I call us chocolate people. Y'all will hear me say that. We're all of chocolate descent. Even though we may have um, other heritages, we may have other cultures in our family, we've all come from understanding, quote unquote, how the black church thinks. We've seen it. We've got my, my own background. I grew up, my, my grandmother was the first bishop of Shaw University as a woman. Wow. I was in church seven wow. days a week. My grandmother died at 97. So you talk about church every day, all day, between my mom and then then picking it up myself and going into ministry very early and being taught the black church way, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. And and understand me, I went from a holiness church, I went to Baptist, because I, I was finding, I was searching. And so I'm coming from G, 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 holo, holo, holo. I'm coming from all of that. <laughs> I'm coming from stuff coming out your mouth at the pew. And you're tarrying all night for the Holy Ghost. I'm coming from that. And I'm coming from trying to understand who God is for me and not the God of my mother. And then I'm coming from understanding God of, for me and breaking it all the way down to understanding who spirit really is and what spirit meant to me. And I won't commercialize it and make it for everyone because it's it's your God and your service and your worship. It's your life individually. But I remember, I'm, I'm with you, Sharon, when it comes down to depression. My very first show was on bipolar disorder. Now, you bring bipolar disorder right into the church, and they are going to tell you to pray. They, as you say, you're going to have the whole shame. You must be crazy. You've now been around too many white people. It's not really that. And all you have to do is, is speak faith. Now, mind you, I believe in faith. I believe in all of that. I believe in really redirecting my mindset to know who I am and to know the beauty that I have been created and the destiny that I have been created to do. I believe that not taking anything away from my foundations, even though I've grown up and added more things and taken some things down, but I had to come to an honest state and say, Baby, even if it's a natural herb, I need something to help me (laughs) navigate my mind, to focus this imbalance that I have from knowing I'm going straight and then deviating off and where did that even come from? But feeling so bad at the time, I don't now, but feeling so bad at the time, I had nobody to talk to about it. I had nobody in the church to go and say, I'm dealing with this. I don't even know what this is, but these are the feelings that I'm having, and these are the thoughts of suicide that I'm having. 
And these are the crying spells that I'm having, and I can't get anything done because I don't know what to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally understand what your experience, because, Jazzy, that was kind of my experience. It was Mm -hmm. interesting. When I was um, dealing with my depression, my parents gave me two options, pray a lot or put on the behind. And I don't think a whooping would make me feel better, and I got the holy oil. Uh, But I, I, I really feel that, if, when a person has faith and faith in God, God has a lot of different ways to deliver. Sometimes right. we're in medicine, in psychiatry, in psychology, yes. in exercise, yes. nutrition. And I think sometimes in churches we're so narrow. We're just so narrow and so myopic in our understanding of God. And I, and I mm-hmm. believe that God is mm-hmm. everything. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. That means medicine Absolutely. and doctors and therapists and professionals yes. and all those types of things. So that's one of my, my areas. Second, I think it's important that we ministers have so many times become pimps, one, and also have left this promise in the black faith that they want mm. the parishioners to come to them as if they know all that was to do. But many of the healers, right. the pastors are wounded healers because being a minister is one of the most loneliest jobs in the world. I know Dr. Yes. can tell you that. Very, very mm-hmm. lonely. And many times yes, we, we are wounded healers. But the problem mm-hmm. is, and that's why you see so much um, destruction and so much psychosis, is because we can't talk to each other. We feel like we mm-hmm. have to be pillars in society, and then, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's so much animosity and backbiting in the ministry, so you can't really have any of your colleagues to share your pain. So you have sick people leading the sick people. So everybody <laughs> is going going to hell in a handbasket. And so it's a very challenging thing. But I, I want Dr. Smith, I think every black person has some the, the, some psychosis. You cannot be black in America for more than four minutes and not be depressed or have some. Not more than dealing four, with minutes. four Absolutely. minutes. Because if you think about it, as black people, we deal with oppression, suppression, mm-hmm. being marginalized, mm-hmm. being excluded. All those different things impact your spirit. It impacts mm-hmm. you spiritually and emotionally. So, of course, mm-hmm. on some level, you're going to experience depression. It could be metabolic, it could be psychological, it could be physiological, it could be situational. But one of the things we have to address it. It's really interesting um, at our church, Victory for the World, we're starting a pastoral care ministry when we're saying, hey, let's help each other. Let's stop just praying, um, asking for deliverance. Let's do the deliverance work. And so right. we are starting to do the workshops, and that's why I really wrote my book and talked about it at my church. This is depression looks like. People don't know what it looks yes. like. It, it looks like don't. a very successful person. I'm very successful. I work for a corporate organization. I handle three states in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands, and I'm still successful, and I want them to mm-hmm. have a face. This is what depression looks like. Yes. Sometimes it looks like yes. somebody walking in the bed and can't get yeah. up because that used to be me yeah. too. Sometimes it might feel like suicide. That was me too. But it also you can be functioning and still suicidal. That's so it. I, um, I think we have to create uh, an example of what it looks like because many times we don't seek treatment unless we land on the floor about to jump out the window. Mm-hmm. Versus seeing that people mm-hmm. are functioning and working and still, you know, have a sense of sadness that the spirit can't endure for too long. You know, heart deferred makes the you know heart sick. You know, hope deferred makes the heart right. sick. You know, that's biblical, that's spiritual, that's also psychological. Um, right. So I really feel with that, what you said in Dr. Smith, you know, the church has to name it. Some churches are doing it, 
But the problem is we don't have enough professionals in church to do it. And we keep exactly. looking to the pastor, and our pastor is our biblical guy. There might not be our spiritual, emotional, and psychological guy, and we get it twisted. Because mm-hmm. in our history, mm-hmm. many times the black minister was everything. And that's no longer the case. And, and I'm not clear about that. And one thing I would like to I would like to uh, I would like to plug in on this as well. What I found, and I've taken a, a, a survey of ministries right here in this general area, the Atlanta area, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as to how many ministries I don't care how small or how large they may be that actually have a counseling division. Mm. That absolutely empowers the professional licensed, not the parking lot counselor, the right, counselor, right. The, the, the counselor that has gone to school, the counselor mm-hmm. that is certified, mm-hmm. the counselor that has been solidified by their works, that can okay. help the congregation, that can help the people. But what exactly. I found out is that most of these pastors have they've made themselves to be so busy, they have appointed mm-hmm. leadership that are basically within themselves destroying the ministry because they're handling people any types of way. And my heart really goes out, and my call really is to help anyone that that needs the help. Now, generally, mm-hmm. when, you go, when you go into ministry, you know, what an opportunity to really utilize the gifts that God has given you as right. a counselor, as a solidified counselor. Now, the thing is this here. Most of the people there cannot afford me in my office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't have insurance. They and don't have the money I'm to so do it. I'm so glad you're bringing that up. I'm so glad so you're therefore, bringing that up. So, yeah. so therefore, you know, when they come to church, this is their only source of outlet that they are coming seeking help. I mean, I've I've seen, and I'm sure the uh, other doctor has 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 seen or have experienced clients within ministry with a multiplicity of issues that they're coming there with that right. are looking for a way, and and it just it tears my heart apart to see that these leaders in ministry are as self-absorbed as they are, and are not affording the people the help. Now, in mm-hmm. that, I, I, you know, with being a part of the Compliance and Ethics Board, you know, I have, you know, I stand firmly by the APA and the ACA Codes of Ethics. We cannot mm-hmm. operate just in any kind of way and help the people. Right. We have to be professional about it, but it has to be offered. And my prayer is for these pastors. And these, these 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 bishops and these pastors that are over organizations and mm-hmm. and, and various ministries to be open minded and not look at counseling as taboo. Yes. Yes. You know, I mean because these are the same people they're expecting to pay tithes to their ministry. Okay, don't start nothing, okay? Don't start nothing. Yeah. Okay, start something. These are the same people that they're expecting to support the building fund. These are the yes. same people that they're expecting to, to support pastor's anniversary, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and various auxiliaries within the ministry. But these are the people, if you are, and I'm offering, and my book is entitled, 
scattered sheep. Mm. Because the sheep are being scattered. Because why? Not because of any gender association. I'm talking about the people of God. Right. They're coming and they're not receiving help. Wow. It's so true. You know, I remember a few weeks, well, it's been a few months now. My weeks go by so quickly. Uh, mm. A month do too. But I remember a few months ago, um, I was having a discussion with someone and I said, you know, I'm praying sincerely that suicide specifically would be addressed in the church. I said, it's amazing. Uh, it's astounding to me, and I could continue to go on how in awe, and not in a not in a positive way. I am, and how many people that line the line the aisles, as you said, Dr. Smith, to give, to do, and to be a part, and hungry to be a part, but want to go home and slit their wrists. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm praying seriously that we will begin to address suicide in the church. And I was telling this particular young lady, I said, you know, Facebook for me, you know, I used to get blamed. You're always on Facebook. You're always on Facebook. You're never doing anything. Same here. You're always on Facebook. And it's amazing because when I begin to show people, let me, let me, without telling you who the person is and without really sharing a whole depth, let me just give you two lines. I want to kill myself. I don't think I can make it another day. These are the reasons why I bombard Facebook, and I'm always posting them. And when somebody told me one day, man, you just post all of these inspiration messages all the time. I said, guys, you have no clue who's reading this. You have no idea that the majority of these people that are reading this, one, they either go to church all the time and don't receive help, or two, they never know what, quote, unquote, church really is. And I don't mean we get dressed up, we go, we shout, we scream, we dance, we parade. I don't mean that church. That's not the church I'm talking about. I mean the place where we're going for healing, wherever that may be. If it's outside in a congregation, wherever your church is, wherever you're going, and if you're not being touched, literally, sometimes physically, if you, I remember being in a relationship where I was very seldom touched, and that just added to my depressive state, <laughs> right. and it made me feel so like I was unworthy. And I remember sharing that with someone that came up to me later and said, because of your story, I didn't go home and kill myself tonight. Mm. And that whole this whole year was people walking up to me saying, I wanted to kill myself, but when I heard you wanted to kill yourself, I couldn't believe it. And your story helped me not want to do that. But I couldn't, other than really giving them support and love and encouragement, and, of course, the number to my counselor. But that <laughs> is, is as you stated, they couldn't afford my counselor. So if you can't afford it and you don't have it within the church realm that one Sunday, that one Wednesday or Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday that you can make it to church, if you don't have somebody there that can reach out to you and say, sweetheart, let me not only give you some prayer, love, and touch, but let me give you some clinical instruction. Exactly. You know, 
Because this is what I've observed also. I, I sit down and I, should I say I sat in church for approximately a year before even accepting the position of working with the counseling ministry, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to, direct, to be the director of it, because I, I want to, you know, I have to be clear in everything that I do. I have yeah. to be clear of what's the motive behind it. I want to be sure that everything is up to standard. And when I met with Bishop uh, Allen, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I explicitly stated that, you know, the APA and the ACA Code of Ethics is not an option. You know, I, right. I take serious what God has called me to do. But in my right. observation, uh, and to piggyback on what the doctor just stated also, this evening, you know, what does depression really look like? You know, yes. uh, we, you know, we think we're only depressed that they're going to be all humdrum. That's not the case. The, mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. the depression wears a St. John suit. Sometimes, yes. uh, you know, sometimes the person wears an Armani suit, you know, or walking around in a Louboutin, you know, in Gucci. Depression wears that, wears those labels. But I observed right. more intently that every week in the prayer, you know, when they have a, a you know, a, the prayer line, basically, that the same individual the same, like clockwork, would get up and come to the altar. And I was sitting, I'm like, these people are hurting. Right. And they're coming, and it would never be the same matters in which Bishop would call the prayer forth, but the same individuals would come forth seeking prayer, seeking Mm -hmm. healing, seeking Mm -hmm. direction. Well, when you see, in my opinion, when you see an individual, you know, that is continuously coming up, when are these leaders going to read the mail and understand that there is genuinely a need to help the people? I I totally agree with you, uh, Dr. Smith. And it's so interesting. I think there's two things I I think will be helpful. It has to be um, the minister's go on outreach and talk to the people who are constantly in that same prayer line. But also mm-hmm. it has to be some inreach. Wow. I think so many times we go inreach because we don't normalize depression and we don't normalize help. If there right. is a stigma associated with help, I'm not going to get help. You have mm-hmm. to show examples mm-hmm. of people in crisis getting help and it being normalized, it's being celebrated, it's been accepted and and make sure that we um, frame health as a very healing thing. As, mm-hmm, as part of mm-hmm. as part of what God says, present your body as a living sacrifice. If I buy mm-hmm. the temple, I, that emotional part of us, that's a temple also. Yeah. So it has to be outreach. You know, we have to reach out. But also we have to let people know that they can reach in and that it's okay and what it looks like. Um, so that we can help each other. Because when mm-hmm. I heal, somebody else is healed. When they heal, right. I heal. Right, and, um, right. Because healing never happens in isolation. It never happens in isolation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. If, if Absolutely people don't understand not. that they can ask for help, or if people are um, ostracized for getting help, 
I won't get help. I will. I will hurt, especially when you're dealing with a patient, with a population of people who have been marginalized. Black people, gay people, marginalized mm-hmm. women are so used to isolation that hurting becomes the norm. So it's so, so unfortunate. Yes, it's so unfortunate. So if I'm hurting, that's normal. And many times right. I deal with people after they get on some medication, mm-hmm. some therapy, watch their diet, watch exercise, because it really is a depression. You have it's to a complete, handle it every, it's complete. Yes. Absolutely. And when they start feeling better, they didn't even know that feeling what normal was, if that makes sense. So they absolutely. They didn't trust it. They didn't trust their healing. Is that making well, sense? Well, and, and also I can look at it like this here, and, and I'm sure you would probably agree with me. You know, the scripture says, faith without works is dead. Huh. Yes. Don't yes. make me Now, I can that. have faith in God to heal and deliver me from any and everything. Mm. But there's, there's, there's a portion of that that I, or the individual, becomes responsible. Thank you. They become responsible, you know. So mm-hmm. if 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 we within ministry, more in particular, you know, uh, if we within ministry are going to be that tool that is accessible to to the hurting that can't afford, mm-hmm. that do not have mm-hmm. insurance, then we have to be in place, you know. If the people are going to have the courage to step out on faith and do something about their healing. Mm-hmm then we need to be available. But again, I say, if it's not nothing, if it's not a matter that is projected or promoted from the pulpit, from the pastor, and I hope that the, every pastor on the face of this earth is listening to this show tonight because mm-hmm. every pastor, they are accountable to these people. Exactly. And accountable exactly. to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that you said promotion. I love that you use the word promote from the pulpit because without endorsement and without advocacy, you, you, you people don't move forward. Absolutely. And I, and I think that our pastors not only need to promote getting help, but they. I love what you said, Doctor Smith, that we need the pastors need to expect a standard of excellence. One, also expect that the ministers have ongoing training and continuing education to make sure we stay sharp and to make sure that we don't start absorbing everybody else's issues. That and plus, and also I would say that the first counseling session should be the pastor. Yes. I agree. I agree. I totally agree. Once the pastor receives counseling, because most pastors operate with a spirit of ego, that they are above reproach, <laughs> that Ooh, they are perfect, and everybody beneath them has and the issue. And everybody beneath them. That's the key. The beneath, you're beneath me. Yeah, beneath and not walking yes. with. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yes. The first counseling session need to be the dysfunctional pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and the I, sad I, part is, Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, one of the things that I really love at, that we're doing at our church, we're, we're normalizing the concept of the wounded healer because all of us are wounded, but also we also participate in healing. Absolutely. So the wounded, our, our minister, uh, my pastor, Dr. Samia, talks about healing, 
talking about therapy is needed. He starts it's starting to be normal parts of, of our of the message. You talk about social justice issues, economic issues, political issues, and psychological issues. And so they're wow. being weaved into his message. So you're going to get some nuggets every Sunday about um, issues because if you look at our world, the mental illness issues, that's why we're having so much craziness. So yeah. I believe oh, yeah. that we have to normalize. But I love that he's really just normalizing the wounded healer. So uh, I wow. our ministry, let me, let me, let me break in. Let me break in just for a moment because I know we have a call. We, you know what, we're going to just have to talk and do lunch because I'm just having a ball with this show, and I'm just walking and, and pacing the floor. But we do have a call, and then we're going to talk about our sponsors really quickly. Call, okay. are you there? Let's see. Is our caller on? He hung up. We took too long. Caller, we do apologize if you want to call us back. If we want to call us back, caller, are you here? Can you hear me? I yes, can hello. hear you. Yes, hello. Um, my name is Reverend Rose Hardy. Um, Hi. I'm, hi, I'm with Restoration Temple Ministries of New York City, and Fantastic. I and I had seen uh, Dr. Smith post about this show this evening, and so I have been listening in for about an hour, and I thought that I would. Um, just call in and acknowledge. I think this is a wonderful, um, wonderful discussion. Um, I myself, besides my liturgical life here in New York, I'm also mm-hmm. a licensed clinician. I've been doing mental health work for about 25 years. So I'm very, I'm very blessed to be able to bring my um, the, the bridge, the gap between uh, mental health and wellness and yes. um, Community, so I just I just wanted to acknowledge, say hello to Dr. Smith um, and uh, my brother in this work, and just acknowledge this is a, an excellent, excellent discussion this evening that I'm that I'm enjoying very, very much. Um, and and that's Rose, it is absolutely awesome that you call in. This has really blessed me this evening. And Jazzy, I want to state that uh, hopefully during convocation this year with the Vision Church, or what should I say, with UPTC, um, uh-huh. maybe at some point you would have an opportunity to meet Rose. When I tell you oh. she is excellent and personified in her call, she oh, is wow. an awesome worker. Yes, she is. Well, wow. well thank you, Dr. Smith. I, I just, I think again, there are so many critical points that that you're discussing this evening, all of you. Um, the reality is is that the church does have a long way to go to to bridge and recognize that yes, we are spiritual um clinicians the 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 church is a spiritual hospital um and indeed pastors and leadership can do an extraordinary work to usher their people into um getting getting mental health services um mm-hmm. i truly believe in the power of prayer. I truly do believe in the in the power and the ability of, of deliverance and laying hands. I also yes. know the miraculous wonders of pharmacology and medication and psychotherapy. Um, and so, um, again, it can be very frightening for communities of color, of which I am. Um, but I, I think that just having the discussion um, yes. is is a huge step. So again, I, I I'm I'm grateful that I was able. Um, thank you, Dr. Smith, for for posting it on Facebook. I thought I had to be in a leadership meeting this evening. It unfortunately got canceled, and I thought, great, now I can listen in. Yes, I'm so Rose. Thank, so you. thank you. Oh my goodness, I am so. Thank you so much. 
I'm so excited. I need I need somebody to to Facebook me and give me a different word than wow because I'm just so odd and wow is just just wow and, and I don't even know what else to say. But you know what? I really truly appreciate you calling in because to me, as we started this conversation, I only repeated it and it's gone through the theme of the show, is that it's the key to change is communication. Absolutely. In whatever form, if you you know, I, I, you know, speak as we say sign language. If you have to sign it, if you have to cry it, whatever your form is, begin it with conversation, so you know how to get from point A to point Z. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. how to cover all of the alphabets in between because you cannot make a change if you don't say, "Hey, I have, I don't know what I have." In, in my case. I didn't know where I was. I just knew something about my brain is a whole lot different. It's a whole lot different, and I'm not coping well. And everything that I'm being told to keep it, and and this this is the big thing. Okay, keep it in the house. Your business is your business. What you're going through, nobody needs to know. All of these stigmas, all of these things, if we don't begin to speak about it and reach out and get help, we're going to continue to hurt, continue to be dysfunctional. And as Dr. Smith said, we're going to continue to hurt people, hurting people. So I appreciate you guys so much. You don't know I've cried a little bit because I'm so happy. I've walked to probably a hole in the floor. My dogs are looking like, okay, you're doing a show, but this is really crazy. You're walking around and pacing. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for calling anytime you want to call in. And you're welcome. If, if I may, please, and I know it is not my show, but I, I just, I'm so moved by this. And I, I do want to say this, you know, um, two things if you would just indulge me for 30 seconds. One I that you touched you for up, five minutes, 10, that, 15, if you want to stay on the show, you certainly are welcome. <laughs> What, what what I want to say is you 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 folks touched on the issue of it's not just the congregation it is the leadership it is pastors I have I have worked in another fellowship again I'm now with Restoration Temple Ministries under a profound anointed woman overseer Yvonne Harrison who the first mm-hmm. time met when we met and she she understood she saw what I could bring to the ministry I would join it was her buy-in as a pastor to see that that there was a great work we could do in the kingdom where we could bridge again the the faith of people the prayer life of people but also acknowledging that 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 modern science modern medicine therapy can play a role and there are pastors that are suffering there are bishops that are suffering i have i have held the hand of of a suicidal high level mm-hmm. Um, I, I have I have I have spoken in in privacy with with leaders who would never want their flock to know the pain mm-hmm. in. So, based on that, I'm so grateful you're bringing it out into the light. And 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 if there's one thing that people know, my mantra is that there's no healing in silence. So so again, thank you. I'm going to be still now and just continue to listen to your wonderful <laughs> conversation. Thank you so much. You all bless me. Dr. Smith. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Rose, for calling yes. in. But, Jazzy, right. just a tag, yes. just, a, just a hot split second here on what Minister Rose Hardy stated, and that is this here. Can you really imagine 
So the pa- if pastors were to humble themselves mm-hmm. and seek counseling, be healed and delivered through counseling, mm-hmm. what of these pastors that not just endorsed therapy or a therapist within the congregation or before the congregation, but can you really imagine the people that will merely be set free because they will feel at the very second of a pastor stating that, hey, I receive counseling also. Can you imagine the mindset change of the people that of the congregation, of the members, of the audience, that will feel not feel as though they are less of God, mm-hmm. but to see that if God can do it for my pastor, who I'm actually seeing and sitting before every week, there is a hope for me. And this is why mm-hmm. I this is why I stress so hard to every pastor, every leader within ministry, don't be afraid of counseling, honey. Let's be clear on one thing. I don't know of one counselor or one therapist, and I'm a regional director, a clinical psychologist, and have a therapist myself. That's right. I think we have one one of our panelists on. Amani, are you here? Hello? Greetings. Sorry about that. I had you greetings. While I greetings. No, greetings. I'm going to have you tell about yourself. We're going to break just for a brief moment because, you know, we still have to pay the bills. So we're going to have um, our sponsorship come back on and, 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 and pay our bills. And then when I come back, in money, if you will tell who you are, I would love you so dearly. Hang on just a second, guys. Okay, great. Thank you everyone for listening to Loudmouth Radio Network. We're live on loudmouthradio.com, where we actually broadcast each and every week live on loudmouthradio.com. This show is sponsored by Digimo Printing of Stockbridge, Georgia. Be, be sure to take place and take advantage of the opportunities that we have to offer on our promotional specials for the month of May. And this actual special is available for our listeners that are actually dedicated to Loudmouth Radio. We actually are offering a $250 business card printing price of $25 with a design fee extra and a 1,000 flyers for $80, which also would include 10 free 11 by 17 posters. Go ahead and put your order in today. Feel free to reach us at 770-506-2996. Digimo Printing, allow us to take you to the next level. You also can find us on Facebook at Digimo Printing. And now back to our actual host on Blog Talk Radio's own internet network, Loudmouth Radio, Miss Jazzy Jones. Wow, she's giving us a little plug. I don't know if you guys had an opportunity to see one of our other uh, co-hosts, um, J.L. King, who does the night talk live on um, own network on Where Are They Now on Sunday, but we were kind of in the background, so she gave us a little plug. Nevertheless, that's neither here nor there. Imani, Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be amongst all these wonderful folks this evening. I know. I'm over here in tears. I'm just like happy tears. Happy tears has finally come full circle, and we get to talk about so many needful things. 
Um, so tell us a little bit about you, and then we're going to dive right into a very, very near and dear, another near and dear subject that you cover. So tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about you, and we'll go right into another discussion. Well, um, uh, my name is Imani Evans, and I am the founder and executive director of an organization, a nonprofit in Georgia called uh, Women Healing Women, and we provide supportive services to long-term survivors of sexual and domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Um, The organization was unofficially started in November 2004, and then we became a 501c3 in 2007. Um, I have been working in women's empowerment um, for many, many years, probably it was my first actual real job um, at 18 <laughs> was in the psychiatric hospital. So I've been, it's, I've wow. always known what I want to do. And, um, and I have, uh, in, in my educational background is I hold a bachelor's in psychology, a bachelor's in um, biology, a master's in counseling psychology, and um, currently pursuing an, a doctorate in counseling education and supervision. So I live bring sweet drinks um empowerment for individuals. Um and um I do this work as a survivor. I started the work um because I am a survivor. I started the work because I needed the work. And I our um we, we use the term uh surviving to thriving often because women healing women is about empowering women beyond just mm-hmm. survival. If you look at the word surviving, it simply means to exist, to maintain. And we want to empower women to offer them something bigger than that. Um, right. And tell them that that's not the destination, that you can take those painful experiences and transmute them into something very powerful and passion-filled that will help you in your life and also help others. Um, and so that's, in a nutshell, who I am. Let me tell you, you guys have all shared your, you know, your pedigrees, as my mother would say, your, all of your pedigree um, information. And each time each one of you has finished, I just wanted to say, and now that ends the show. It has just been mm-hmm. wonderful. I'm so, again, I'm always excited that, you know, I'm able to be just a tiny part of a connection to people who I admire for doing things that I so feel so hard, hard, wholeheartedly about. And uh, years ago, um, and it's so funny, I, I had a friend of mine that said, Jazzy, you've probably experienced more in one lifetime than anybody mm-hmm. I know. And I really have, and I look at it now, um, a lot of those tr- uh, things that I've experienced definitely were by choice, didn't, didn't want them to be dysfunctional. However, I was dysfunctional at the time, and so therefore I drew dysfunction. But um, I'm so happy. I was so excited to know that you were going to be a part of the show and that you even wanted to be. And the reason being is because I have an organization called Salsa Noir Productions, and I have several different Mm -hmm. things that I do like we all do. Right, but Salsa Noir Productions basically was formed because of the love of salsa dance that I have had for many, many years. But it basically was formed because I wanted to teach safe interaction for primarily women, but also people who abused women and girls. 
Now yeah. that was a tricky that was a tricky thing to do, but I found in my own abusive state that the person who was abusing me was so in pain that they didn't know how to treat me good. Mm-hmm. And so I began to be able to reach out just through dance that yeah. a person could reach his hand out or her hand out in a loving gesture through dance, release the frustration, release the anger, dance their way to conversation. Mm-hmm. And it began to teach safety, and it gave you an area where the two could be in the same space. Maybe not, you know, I've been abused by you particularly, but it could be the victim and the victimizer relearning how to use their hands and their bodies, and that became a voice of expression. So when I found out that you primarily deal with domestic violence, I was jumping up for joy because I'm like, now we have a really balanced and a well-rounded group for discussion, and Mm -hmm. that you reach out to women and girls is so amazing that we have the opportunity to hear all the things that you do. But then definitely with the topic that we have for tonight, Mm -hmm. where do you see, and I'm sure you do see it, that in the church, as we've as you've been listening, you've heard several statements and things that are um, that have already been made. But do you, mm-hmm. like I do, see that it is such an ignorance? I totally ignore the fact that you came in with a black eye, that you right. or or right. like me, okay. you didn't even know for ten years. And honey, when I say I held the position, I was pastor aide, I was the Sunday school teacher, I was. You know, this, that, the third, blah, 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 blah. You had no clue that I had a dislocated shoulder because I was too ashamed to say, yeah, Deacon just beat me up last night. Mm-hmm. You know, I was mm-hmm. so afraid to come out and say these things because people had such high expectations of what leadership. And I think, as Sharon said earlier, it's a lonely place. Because you're so afraid to say, you know, I'm being beat up every day. Or mm-hmm. I'm being beat up, you know, every once in a while. Never know when it's coming, but it comes. So right. how do you see it play in the church from your angle? Well, I think it's very interesting that uh, and uh, fortunate that I, you know, share the panel with um, really dynamic um, members of the of, of a cloth and of faith, because I totally believe that you know, uh, first of all, violence is prolific and insidious, so it knows <laughs> no boundaries. It reaches across race, creed, religion, social economic, lo- social economic location. It does not matter, um, yeah, and so. The, you know, we have to break free of the shame. But I also, uh, um, on a more holistic uh, perspective, believe that I, I know for a fact that uh, that violence, whether it's sexual, we work with both sexual and domestic. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that violence is an attack of the mind, body, and spirit. And right. so it is going to require all areas, if the if the violence occurs in all areas, so too must the remedy. And mm-hmm. I think that is the piece that we have missed 
in providing full service to women. It's actually what I saw missing out there. So if mm-hmm. you speak to a woman's mind in her healing, but you have not if you have not spoken to her spirit, you have not spoken mm-hmm. to her body, then we have not provided full service. And I know for myself that my brokenness extrapolates across my whole existence. It isn't just in one area of my life. It is in all areas of my life. And until mm. I'm able to look at my life in that wholeness, then my healing doesn't fully recover. So then we find mm. ourselves in these cyclical patterns where you have the same experience with a different face. And yes. we're wondering, why am I having that experience? And so we really have to partner with our communities, um, with families, with um, the church, with all of the entities providing healing, and and not fault anyone, not not anyone carry mm-hmm. more of the blame, not mm-hmm. anyone carry more of the responsibility, but that understand that it is a unit, and to and to disjoint it in that way is sort of the same as saying you know cut your leg off without hurting your body. Well, okay, mm-hmm. we think about that for a minute. How's that actually going to happen? Right. Um, and so we have to work together to provide healing to this because we are in a pandemic. Violence, violence against women, children, and men as well, but in, right. in my work is with women, is right. pandemic. And so mm-hmm. the answer has to come. And part of it, too, is we have to stop. It's going to require a paradigm shift. If we keep digging in the same toolbox, we're going to keep building the same faulty house. We have to to completely shift how we're thinking about this. And some of the things, the the disjointed messages that we extend to families and to children, like we're teaching hypermasculinity to boys and chastity to girls, and then we send Mm -hmm. them out in the world, expect that to work out, and then we're surprised when it does not. You know, we have women saying we have we have women saying to their boy children the things that they never wanted to want to hear from from men. We raise them to be the men we don't actually like. Um, right. Wow. Say that one more time. Say that because that was so good. I have to have it. That was profound. Wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yes. Yeah. We thank you. We, we, you know, we, I said we raise, we raise boys to be women often. We will raise our boys to be the men that we don't like. And we yeah. have to stop sending those messages, you know, where boys get to ex- their expression of manhood, their transition in, into manhood is through this hyper-masculine identity. It's not, about being, it's not about being a man, but rather being a male. And we have to mm-hmm. really, we have to really educate beyond that. We have to re-educate beyond that because that message is so prolific. It's in everything. It's in music. It's in it's in it's in clothing. It's in everything. And we have to change those messages. Um, but the responsibility is on everyone. Um, the responsibility, the role is on everyone. And I know for for myself and doing this work, um, I see time and time again the other thing that I didn't want to. I wanted to create an organization that wasn't trying to make me a victim forever. I don't want to be wow. told I'm a victim yes. forever. Yes. That wasn't what yes. I was looking for. I'm nobody's victim. So how do I take my power back? How do I reclaim my body? How do I reclaim my spirit without blaming someone else? 
forever because I am complicit in my suffering. And so to really truly empower me is to show me how to undo that cycle. And, yes. and sometimes that is really, that's really so much deeper than giving you the 10 steps to preventing a, a violent relationships. It's really about restoration of your spirit. Uh, a reconnection mm-hmm. to your soul. I love the fact that you talked about dance because dance was very integral in my life as well. And when I was able to be on the stage and move my body, I could feel the healing occurring in yes. my body by being able to exactly. use my body in that way. Because violence steals those joys, attempts to steal those joys um, exactly. from us. And we have to reconnect that, and it's going to take all of us to do that. Um, you know, on that note, on that note, let me just interrupt you just for a minute. I know I, that statement. You know, we're going to post it on Facebook and all over the place because it was just, mm-hmm. it was so profound that I'm just sitting here like, do I, did I do that? Did you know? Mm-hmm. There's others because I was a single parent for for a while after I got a divorce. But you know, we are, and I do agree with you, especially when we're in the state of dysfunction before we recognize it for what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And I love the fact, and I kind of wanted to hear the other panel, you know, kind of discuss that, the yeah. whole victim yeah. mode. Do mm-hmm. you feel like, and this is what I wanted to address, do you feel like, and I'll, I'll, I'll pose this to Dr. Smith first and then we'll kind of go in circle. Do you feel like that the church allows us or keeps us in victim mode versus, as we've already talked about, kind of, not addressing the issue itself. Do you feel like we, as you said, Dr. Smith, sometimes leadership pimps us out, and so we stay in victim mm-hmm. mode um, well, and uh, not I really absolutely. seek the healing? Well, uh, I absolutely feel mm-hmm. that the church or its leadership in most mm-hmm. cases, not in every case, but it's rare that it's not, that the church itself absolutely allows or affords in the individuals to remain in a victim state. Mm. Mm. That's good. I mean, it's just it's most unfortunate. But when you look at the real picture, as I have, mm-hmm. and I'm sure most of you, or if not all of you, have from from you know from your views, how can Someone that has been victimized mm-hmm. and not recovered from being victimized mm-hmm. release other victims to freedom. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, it starts from the top. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I totally it agree. Starts, it, it starts from the top. It, it honestly does. I mean, I've sat with many pastors. I've sat on an advisory council for for a bishop council, and you would be utterly astonished of what these pastors themselves have experienced in their life. True, very true. These people, these men and women of God, have experienced everything possibly under the sun. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're walking under the shadow of the umbrella, thinking that, you know, or feeling that, well, I'm delivered and set free, you know, I want to pastor, I don't want to lead people, but yet 
in their in their uh, uh, they display the actions. When you see dysfunctionalism coming from within the pulpit or from within leadership, that's merely a sign that they are still struggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can't free yeah. someone if you're not free. Wow. You cannot wow. tell me you can't. You cannot help me. You you absolutely. I refuse to believe that you can help me uh, of understanding uh, how an alcoholic can recover from alcoholism if you've never had a drink to your mouth. <laughs> I, 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 I say this. Um, I totally, well, I totally agree with what he says because only free people get free people. So we Absolutely. That. And I think um, there is a victim mentality in the church because many times it's to the pastor's benefit. Say it again. I can manipulate mm, mm, you. Mm, mm, Not only I can mm. manipulate with you with your money and your time. I can. That's why I can manipulate you sexually. That's why there's so much sexual impropriety in the church. Right. I Absolutely. If I tell you if I tell you what to think versus teach you how to think critically for yourself, um, yes. I don't have to worry about you rebelling. I don't have to worry about you challenging. A lot of ministers teach doctrines, but they don't teach people to think because yes. um, they can't take. Any type of discord. So many. Because that's a method of control. Right. They're so, their egos are so fragile. But also, I want to say in the church, there are people in leadership, instead of praying P R A Y, they are praying, pray P R E Y Uh. on people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Sharon. Wait a minute. Just hold. Just wait. Let me stand up and walk one more time. I need to. (laughs) One more time because. It, it it just needs to be repeated. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I just think that ministers, uh, they instead of praying on people, praying for people, they pray on people, pray on their mm. weaknesses, their sadness, their depression, their insecurity. They pray on the loneliness of single women. That's yeah. And single men. And, and single, single men, men. absolutely. True. True. You go to many of these churches, it's 90% women and Many times the pastors, the deacons have four or five kids. I've seen it all. I grew up in the church, Church of God in Christ. I grew up in it. And it, it makes me sad. So I think as, but I want to say this. Many times people don't want to do the work to think critically. They want to say, what did pastors say? What did pastors right. say? What did okay. pastors say? Okay. They're studying the Bible for themselves, doing their own, under, their own critical analysis, and trying mm-hmm. to understand what the Word of God speaks to them. Sometimes we, you know, pastors, we look at them as puppets. Mm-hmm. Sometimes pastors are puppets and pimps, I hate to say that, versus teaching people to think critically about the Word of God. Because whoever knows is free is free, free indeed. And so I'm glad that some, some churches are doing that. I know our church really uh, forces and challenges people to think critically and not to mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. what grandma and them taught you about God and the okay. faith of God so we can understand God. For example, I think one of the things that is, is very uh, fiction-oriented is the teaching that only God is a male, especially when mm-hmm. so, much, so many women have been sexually abused. Um, so that having okay. the concept that God is only a male can be very um, upsetting. So in our church, we don't say that God is a male. God is female and male. God is no gender. And so, but you know what? That's a, the thing. God is no. That. Who? Who? Where do we in this in this patriotic society of thought? We 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 want to take one part, 
throw away the next part, digest this part, really live by this part, but this part is no good. If he, if if spirit is spirit, the last time I checked, we can hold it, we can touch it. It's not tangible, but we feel it. And if spirit lives within the genders, well, and then, and and what is promoted from the pulpit, unfortunately. <sighs> It's interpretive, just as we have King James Version, just as we have NIV, everyone has a version. Everyone has their own interpretation, and they promote their interpretation or their doctrine. And for those that do not read the word for themselves, because the word emphatically states, study to show thyself approved, which means that I have to have a relationship with God for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. We have a caller that wants to join in. Carla, you're on the air. Are you there? Yes. Hi, welcome. Hi. Do you have a question or comment? Yes, I do. But in the process of hearing each speaker come on, it's been answered. The comment <laughs> well, is. Tell us what it was. <laughs> I mean, like last when Imani came, she put it all together. But the question was, when you are dealing with a mental illness, that it used to be don't let uh, the doctors put a name to it. Don't put a name to it. God can heal all and just pray about it. I went from there, and then you moved on to um, by the time Imani came, she brought it together saying that it's all the entities, no one can act, it's partnership. So, when That's someone's right. sitting in the midst of mental illness and they're having life and death situations and you're in, and, and all they can say is, I'm going to pray about it, I'm going to pray about it, I'm going to read my Bible, mm-hmm. when, uh, what's, the, what's the gentleman's name, doctor? Dr. Smith. Dr. Smith said as well that it's, um, how do you get the pulpit to support the fact that it's okay to have the name to it, and it's okay to make the connection between prayer as well as behavioral health. You're not failing God to get support. Absolutely. And by the time you, by the time Imani came on, and Sharon came on, you're talking about years and years and years of yes. of trauma, and you can be a full fledged adult and have never gone past six or seven. Yes. And, oh my God! So true. What do you do? What do you do then when when the message is not? I, I would love to be able to say that, in a sense, we are failing God's gift of life to say that we are not honoring ourselves not only in the Word of God, whichever way you perceive it, but to also use the services and the and and, and mm-hmm. the organization to get the help and is. It's it's a lot right now. It's just a lot. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Well, you oh know, it's, it's, I think you're. I think you're. You you made a very good point. And um, 
you know, I really, it sort of reminds me of that story where the man is drowning and a, a, a log floats past. I'm sure you've all heard it before. And yes. he doesn't take yes. it because he says, God is going to save me, God is going to save me. And then a log comes by and a paddle comes by and all these things float by. He takes none of it because he's waiting on God to save him. And he, God, he passes away and God says, you know, and he says, God, why did you, I was obedient. I did all of what you've asked of me. And God says, but I sent you a log. I sent you, you know, the paddle. I sent you a boat. You took none of that. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. to me, that is what all of the things, I mean, God has, God, to me, the God, uh, God has given us our intellect. Is given mm-hmm. us, she has given us resourcefulness. God has given us all of the things that we come to manifest in, in this plane. And it is a disservice to the gift of humanity to decide to only use a piece of it because of some erroneous um, attachment mm. we have to what that help is supposed to look like. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think that in the end, when the fire, when the days come to to answer to that, we will, you know, we will be, uh, we will be wrong. I mean, there's really just no other word for it. We will be wrong. And, Absolutely and so correct. Yes, yeah, so we have to switch to our right thinking and understand that all these things that God has given us are, are part of the resource. We understand that God is source. And the people and things are resources. And so we have to utilize it in that way. And, um, I mean, I think it's a disservice for any church not to give their congregation all the tools they need to be a whole, complete individual. Can I just say something? Can I can I also just say something? For for one, I want to thank our listeners. I always have to kind of break in and thank our listeners for – uh, tuning in, caller, don't go anywhere because I want to say something to you. Um, but I, I hope so much that everybody is enjoying this show as much as I am. I am so full. I'm, I mean, I'm full, full. I'm overflowing with gratitude for the conversation, for the topic, for the callers, for the interest in the show. I hope everybody that, you know, if you didn't get a chance to call in those to the producers posting online, you can reach us at Twitter at um Twitter at Loudmouth Two Ds and give us your feelings, your feedback, you know, post topics that you want to bring up within this show as well as others. If you do go there, you want to do the hash mark, which is the number sign Loudmouth with two Ds radio. So I definitely want to put that out there because I know we have some people. I I get so caught up sometimes I forget to do the chat. I'm so glad we have a producer. She's amazing. Um, So I want to give kudos to the listeners, our producer of the show. But I also wanted to say that one of the things that I find very important is honesty when it comes down to the churches that you're attending. And I know I'm getting ready to just go way out there, but, you know, it's my show. I can do that. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's and right. I, and that's it's myself. Good. But I yeah. wanted to kind of address our listener, and it because it was my story, and it has been my story. I searched for a long time, as that song says. I searched, couldn't find nobody. Mm. Absolutely nobody that would hear me for truth's sake, that would reach me where I was, not where they thought I should be. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things that I began to do was get a voice to say, this is not where I need to be. This is not the church for me because I'm not getting the answers I'm searching for. And I don't mean that in this, 
you know, this spiritual up in heaven-ish kind of thought pattern. I mean, I'm really searching to find an answer. And, and as I stated earlier, I grew up in church, and we all similar backgrounds of how being in church and different, you know, denominational backgrounds. But when I begin to say I have an issue, I have some deep issues from childhood, from sexual abuse, from mental to physical, you name it, done it, been there. When I begin to say I have been abused, mm-hmm. I have tried to commit suicide, I have bipolar disorder that I live with daily, I have this, that, and the third, do you understand the freedom, number one, for me? Yeah. The work mm-hmm. began in me speaking out about me. I began mm-hmm. to say the label so I then would know how to address the labels for me. This was yes. this was in my lowest form and then saying, okay, it is time for me to get therapy. It is time for me to stop lying to myself, being the victim myself, being victimized, and going to my leaders and saying, can you give me direction? Not can you, not only do I want you to pray, pray with me that I find the counselor that I need for me. And when I tell you, in a women's empowerment meeting, and I ended up becoming the women's empowerment director or, or leader, I would say, I didn't really direct people, but I, I led to the best of my ability. It allowed me to hear one of the most dynamic doctors, Dr. Jennifer Fennell. I don't know if you know her, but she's amazing. And she was so real with me. It was no let's tiptoe around the days, just lay back on the couch and just, you know, whatever you like, whatever you think. It was like, look, girl. This is the real deal, okay? And from that point, I began to see things that I wasn't getting in some of the churches that I had attended, and it made me go, it may work for whoever, but it didn't work for me. And when we get to that place, to me, this is my opinion, when we get to the place of honesty where we are, if we're attending over and over and over and over, as it has been stated tonight, if we're attending over and over and over and we're doing the same thing, hearing the same thing, but we're not doing something different, we're never going to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're never going to get the help. Absolutely. So that's Faith without work is really dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, Thank absolutely. you for sharing that story, Jazzy, and I, I pray so that for any for people that need to come to that point, quite honestly, they only come to that point in themselves on their own, and I just appreciate you sharing that story. You're so welcome. Just know that not only are we praying with you, because and when I say with you and anybody that's listening, we're all, as Dr. Smith said, we all need to counsel each other. We mm-hmm. all have to have support in so many ways, not only just through Absolutely. prayer. We have a phenomenal team, and their information will be posted. You can get, you know, you can reach me directly at bareheads at gmail.com if you ever need to talk about something. If I cannot answer, God knows I will point you to so many therapists that I stand behind, that I believe in. We love you dearly. Trust that. Because you only are in existence because we are. And I am only in existence because you are. Right where you are. And always remember, dear, 
that a real winner never quit. A real winner never quit. And you have it within you. You have it within you to overcome any and every obstacle. Because God created you uniquely. It's not for me, but I'm going to pray for someone else. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. Other ways, but it's the exact story, and I just can, from the outside, only pray um, hard for someone that I I love, and even if I love them from a distance and never instantly yeah. again, my prayers, I hope, make a difference. Perfect. Well, it's also very important, sister, that you understand that it's. If, if it's someone close to you, and I can tell from your energy that it is, that, you know, you also can experience what we call secondary or vicarious trauma. Mm-hmm. So it's very mm-hmm. important for you to recognize that, you know, we're all connected. So if it's for someone you love, it is also for you. And so yes, you have to really take in that information and make sure you practice good self-care for your, for yourself as well and even being that the loved one of someone going through any of the things that we've talked about. Thank you. You're so welcome. Oh, my God, guys, this is amazing. I asked somebody to send me some word other than, wow, nobody on this panel has given me a word. (laughs) I'm just, I'm going to keep saying wow because I honestly have no other word. At all, period. I'm again. I'm so, I'm so excited, and I knew Dr. Smith as we talked about that this would not just be a one, a one segment show. Um, by no so means. Many, oh, by no means. It's so many areas that we can touch on. It's so many um, topics that we can bring into play that people are really dealing with on a daily, daily, daily basis. And I remember when I was going through, and I know some of you can can contest to this, attest to this, that for me, I didn't do the whole, you know, day by day, whatever, you know, just take a day by day. I didn't have that accessibility. I had second by second. When I was in the middle of the floor and couldn't get up because I had been beat so badly, Knowing, okay, it's Saturday night. I got a real good beating. I can barely move. My children are in the room, on the in the other room, and I gotta pretend like it's okay. Uh, and then getting up the next morning and going to church, and you know, hey, Sister Jazzy, how are you? And that hug almost broke me into pieces. Mm. And you know, not being able to share it with anyone knowing how, you know, had been raped very early, and it's my fault. Of course it's my fault because I was in the wrong place, wrong time. I really wasn't, but that was my thought process. And knowing I got to go to church and knowing that I just had second by second to get through the day. I I, I mean, literally. And every positive, every good scripture, Every everything that had ever shined any light for me was all I had to get through it. It took me going through all of those horrific things very early because I got married very early, had my children early. Um, but it took me going through all those horrific things very early in my life 
to finally address them after I finally spiraled all the way down. I never did drugs. I never, you know, um, drank. I never did any of those things. I just danced my way through life. I sexed my way through life. And then I finally hit rock bottom. And that was just a few years ago when I finally addressed all of that and was able to come full circle with my own thought process and my own thought processes through therapy. So to be in this state where I'm having these fantastic panelists talk about the things that people really, I mean, these are real things. And as and as you said, Teron, this is the new face of depression. I did a, um, a campaign a few years back, and it's called the new face of homelessness, which we don't even, you know, we just think it's the vagabond on the street. But no, no, no. If you lost your job, and you had all your money wrapped up into a business or whatever the case, and you became homeless, you still have all of those clothes. You might even still have a car. You're hanging on by the hair, your chinny-chin-chin, because it's about to be repossessed. All of these things that you're coming to church with, and nobody's addressing it. It's not (laughs) opportunity for us to cover all of that in one night. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Something that you just said, Jazzy, was so important about church. I think many times people have pain, but they can't name it. Um, mm-hmm. but they, so since they can't name it, and because they don't think it's something, even though they feel bad. And so many times right. if we can't put a label on it, we won't get treatment. But, yes. but, but many times I can look um, at a person's life to see the symptoms because we'll find something to anesthetize the pain. You'll find mm-hmm. when people don't drink and eat, but what they, they have an eating disorder, they're violent, yeah. mm-hmm. they're very mm-hmm. um, uh, bad interpersonal skills, they're cantankerous, they're not sleeping, mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. GI disturbances, they have bladder disturbances, they have migraines. Mm-hmm. So many times people sometimes would treat the physical part of those things but not understand that those things are symptomatic of the emotional, mental uh, turmoil that's inside. And one of the mm-hmm. people who have been really helpful for me to understand that is my uh, working with Imani Evans, and that's why I think it's so important for therapists, I think um, Dr. Smith said it, to have a, a, somebody, mm-hmm. an accountability partner. I'm lucky that mm-hmm. even though I do this work, I have this amazing business partner in Imani Evans that we can check in with each other, that we can yeah, uh, talk yeah. about each other. So I'm grateful that I have... And I look at her as a gift of God because because she's there, I can do my work, and I make mm-hmm. sure that I I can be I can stay objective, and don't allow my issues to project on someone else. And so we have to be careful with therapists. If you don't have right. someone that you can uh, connect with as accountability partner or your own mentor, your own therapist, um, sometimes we can bleed on people. And so I right. one of the things I would say to anybody who does this work is to have that a person or those or people who can be um, to stand in that gap with you as you do this work because this is not easy work to do. And I'm just mm-hmm. grateful that I have Imani Evans to to do that for me. And and I also have Troy Sanders at the Victory for the World Church. So I have a therapist on one side and a minister on another side to help ground me so I can so I can do this work. You can't do even you say that people can't heal alone, but you can't be a healer in isolation either. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would advocate it in my division. In my division, uh, and that's the federal government division, which I, I, I'm responsible for, southeastern regional. Um, Every nine months, 
without fail, it is a mandatory, and I repeat, mandatory, two weeks mental stress sabbatical leave. You don't have an option. Mm-hmm. Anybody in this field, be it ministry or be in private sector, if we're consistently intaking, intake, 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 we're physical mm-hmm. beings. Mm-hmm. And in order to be in order to be productive mm-hmm. and to be of positive help, we have to have accountability partners. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, we need counselors ourselves. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with you, Dr. Smith, and with you, Sharon, and thank you for saying what you said. But, you know, in, in truth, she is that to me as well. You know, and the great thing about it is someone who can, you know, Sharon for me is a business partner but also a friend, and so she can, you know, lift me up when in my glory um, in those times and celebrate me. And then she also is also, um, you know, puts her arms around me when I am in pain and um, reflects back to me who I say I want to be in the world, not a judgment Aww. of who I should be, not a judgment of who I should be, <laughs> uh, not, not, not what the Bible says I must be, but who I said I wanted to be in the world in my relationship with God. And that is a very unique experience to have, and I value it, I treasure That's it. That's a blessing. And and I agree with you, Dr. Smith. You know, I have I've been you know in the field for a very long time, and and I've had my license since '98 or '99. It all starts running together. But uh, you know, <laughs> and I have had for me. I don't know about you, Dr. Smith, but in both my master's program and in my doc program. Uh, we were required to go to therapy. You, I, I, I mean, I meet, a, I meet some therapists who don't have the requirement. I kind of thought that that was mandatory for all of us. But I, I didn't know that not every program requires, and I feel blessed that that was required for me. So, oh, thank you. Trust yeah. me, it was required, and I thank God required. every day that it was. Absolutely, and I still see a therapist, and then I'm lucky to have ministers and therapists all around me. So I I, I just, um, I feel blessed in that way, and we do. We need to be, we, and we also need to be very mindful of how we manage our energy when we do this work. Um, you know, it's, it's not, you're not doing anybody any favors by being a martyr, you know, because if right. you're not around, if you're not around to do the work, then you can't save anyone. You know, on the plane mm. where they tell you put your mask on yourself first and then save other people. <laughs> so right. it's, it's, it's the same sort of thing. You know, you have to be able to provide yourself with that self care, replenish yourself, do life affirming things, um, so that we don't get stuck in a pattern. And you know, some you'll be drowning before you're saving someone. So. Um, that piece is is very critical. Yes, it is. Guys, I want to just, you know, I'm in tears again, right, because I'm just listening to all the accolades and all of the love that's being shared. Um, I am just, mm, that is one of those mm -mm, good Campbell Soup kind of feelings um, over everything that's been said and over the love that's been given because you know what? It really is the basis of how we're going to help one another, and that's loving on one ourselves and loving each other and helping each other through not only the challenges but also the goods and, and 
and the victories that we do have. And we've talked a lot, and, and God knows I don't want it to be a, a church bashing. But oh, absolutely. A, yeah, and I, and I want to make sure that, you know, everybody was like, wow, that's such a con- controversial issue. But it wasn't about let's bash the church, let's not go to church, churches are no good. It's simply as if we were in a business. If there was an element in business that was, needing to be fixed or tightened up on or changed, we would address that. And church has to be about our fathers, our mothers, our spiritual business when it comes down to the people that come to us. I want to really make that as that disclosure, as I would say, that we're not bashing the church, but we are saying church yeah. as a whole, leadership as a whole, people who are attending as a whole, we have a responsibility to ourselves and to each other. So I wanted to say that, and I wanted to thank each one of you for coming on the show. I'm going to definitely invite you back and, you know, just let everybody know that, yeah, this is some heavy topics that we're talking about, but it's topics for change and it's topics for good. But I'm going to ask you, because as we discuss on the show every week, we discuss love, life, sex, and flowers. We cover all of life's issue, all of love and sexual issues. Um, but I wanted to ask, and I always kind of throw this in at the last minute because I, I think it's important that we, we end on beauty. And so I want to ask each of you what your favorite flower is and maybe why, and if not, just because, and then I'll tell you the flower of the week. So I'll start off with you, Dr. Smith. My favorite flower is the gardenia. Oh, beautiful. It smells amazing. And that's why. <laughs> the smells of <laughs> That's been a popular flower with a lot of our guests. Now, this, uh, Sharon, what is your favorite uh, your favorite flower? My favorite flower is the rose because it symbolizes oh, yeah. love, and I am a mm-hmm. person I love love. <laughs> so yes, mm-hmm. rose. Oh, and Imani, what is your favorite flower, love? My favorite flower is the lotus. Because oh, the yeah. lotus exudes beauty in the mud and the muck and the mire. And in mm-hmm. that mud and water, you will see this beautiful lotus that opens up and spreads life. And um, I think the lotus represents my life. And throughout of all that trauma and dirt and muck came a beautiful, joyous life. Wow. See, mm-hmm. see. Do y'all see why I say I could just be like, and the end. Don't even have to say anymore. Somebody else, I think uh, one of our guests from autism said the very similar things about the Lotus last week's show on autism. Um, I really appreciate the beauty of each one of those flowers. And actually, we're going to be using the Lotus very soon. But I wanted to tell you the flower that we chose for this week. And I try to make it somehow fit into our topic. This really didn't fit too much, but I'll try to make it fit. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. the wax begonia. And it's Mm. such a beautiful, beautiful flower. And I was sitting there and I was looking at um, wax and what wax does and, and how... You know, it covers and it strips. 
It covers mm-hmm. and it strips depending on how wax is used. And out of that wax, if you shine it, if you buff it, you come out so beautiful. So even though mm-hmm. you may be covered, as you're stating, even though you may be covered with all of these things, all of these stigmas, all of the, the abuse, the, the sexual abuse, mental illnesses, um, mm-hmm. just the entire oppression that we've been talking about tonight and some of the things that we feel like a lot of times are not addressed, if you shine it up really good, you come out pure and you come out beautiful and you come out blossoming. So I wanted to use our wax begonia tonight and it's also one of those flowers that helps you in your house and health issues. I wanted to use that for our flower tonight but I wanted to thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We're going to end it on a beautiful song right after our sponsor is noted one more time because again we have to keep our bills paid. I appreciate each one of you I thank each one of you, and I'm going to bid you a fantastic, peaceful, and wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Danny. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Blessing. You've been tuning in to The Bare Truth, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers with Miss Jazzy Jones. This show has been broadcast live on loudmouthradio.com. And this show is also available on demand 24-7 after 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We would like to thank our guests for tuning in tonight, as well as our callers calling in to speak with our guests and hosts. (laughs) Yeah! For our next next week, we'll be looking to have our guests and our callers call in at 347-826-7520. You may also tweet us at Loudmouth, which is L-O-U-D-D-M-O-U-T-H. You also can follow us on Facebook at Loudmouth Online. And don't forget to follow and get updates on us on Loudmouth.com. And now we'll turn back over to our hosts, and we want to thank our sponsor, Digimo Printing, in the Stockbridge, Georgia area, located at 5365 North Henry Boulevard, number 770-506-2996. Allow Digimo to take you to the next level where we actually specialize in design and print. Once again, we'd like to let our listeners know that you actually have opportunity to take advantage of a great offer that's promotionally set up for our Loudmouth listeners for the month of May. You'll receive 1,000 flyers for $80 with Design V is extra. And with that order, you also get 10 free 11 by 17 flyers to promote your event, cause, or business. 250 business cards for $25 with a design fee that's extra. Don't wait or hesitate. Contact us today at 770-506-2996. And also find us online at digimoprinting.com. Once again, thank you guys so much, listeners, um, supporters, panelists. You have made my absolute night. I'm going to end this um, night, as I stated, with a song. And, you know, last few weeks we've tried to play our music, and our music has been so crazy. So I'm going to hope and pray that this song comes on and plays exactly like I want it to. It's actually by Canton Jones, and it's called um, The Love Song. And it's one of those songs that I think is appropriate because how can we talk about all of these great things? If we don't talk about love So I'm going to end it tonight On how can we sing about love Without singing about who The spirit within